Man, what powerful worship today. You know, to be able to worship a God who loves us and uh, cares about the details of our life. To be able to come in here and just love on Him through words. Uh, man, what's, that's good stuff. Today, we, uh, this weekend, we, this is Memorial Day weekend, we remember those who have, who have died and, and given their life. They've given all, if you will, for our freedom. And as uh, Bill did a great job earlier kind of honoring that, you know, I was, I was thinking, standing in the back, I was thinking about how it takes someone be, being willing to stand and fight and be willing to even die for our freedom for us to be able to gather like we've gathered today. But also, and here's the other thing, we can honor those. Let's honor those. We can do better than that. Let's honor those who have died for our freedom. Let's, let's honor those. But as I sat there and I thought about that, they, they have fought for our freedom. They have given all that we might be able to have freedom here. But this is only until we breathe our last. But Jesus also fought and died for our freedom. Now, the cool thing is he overcame the grave. And he defeated the grave. He defeated sin. He defeated it all. But, but just that mentality of being willing to fight for what is right, fight and be willing to die, be willing to lay your life down for something. And so Jesus did that. And so he died so that we might have freedom. And, and that freedom lasts for an eternity. And I was thinking about how there, there are so many that still live in bondage. We talked a little bit about that last week, but so many still live in bondage, even though Jesus has purchased us. But yet we still live in bondage. So there's times when we have to fight, and that fight is saying, hey, Jesus, I give you this battle. Jesus, I give you this battle that I cannot seem to win. And oftentimes, whenever we surrender to Him, we find freedom. And whenever we find freedom, man, we're able to say, you know what? It's because of Christ I have been set free. And, and so I just want to encourage, there may be someone here that he needs to hear that today, that we celebrate freedom this weekend, but you don't feel free. But Jesus has died. I mean, He has literally fought and died, you know, so that you might be able to have freedom in every arena of your life. And so I want to encourage you just to embrace that. Today, we're, we're talking about vision and what we feel like God has kind of given us as a vision. And, and I, as, even as today, as I celebrate what God has done, I look back a lot of times at what God has done over these last 15 years. And man, I am so excited about what God has accomplished in the life of Journey Church. Uh, I, I, was, I was sharing with uh, uh, Pastor Daniel a while ago. There's a, a friend of mine from high school who was a pastor of a church down in, down in uh, F- Florida. And uh, he sent me a message the other day through, through uh, Facebook, and he said, Mike, he said, do you think anybody that we went to school with would ever have dreamed that we're doing what we're doing and that we get to proclaim the gospel each week? And I said, no. I said, but isn't that awesome that God, you know, is the God of second chances, and God will take anybody who is willing, and he will do whatever he wants to do, and whatever he wants to accomplish through them. And so when I look back over the life of Journey Church, and even when I look at what God is doing now, man, it's just so exciting for me Watching that video right there, just some of the things that have happened just in the last year or so. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing what God has done. But I, I, I really get more excited about what God has in store in front of us than I do what is behind us. As much as I love watching those things, and as much as I like to reminisce about some of the ways that God has provided and opened doors and done things throughout the life of this church, it gets me excited when I look back at that. But man, I get more excited about looking forward, about what God has in store for us as a church. You know, that it's not like, hey, you know what, man, we, let's remember the old, good old days. It's kind of like when guys get together and they talk about the good old days. Well, they're pretty much saying, hey, listen, man, it's over. It's done. You know, let's reminisce on how good we used to be. But we're not doing that. What we're doing is we're thinking about what God has in store for us. That You know what? God has been preparing us up until this moment for what he has in front of us. 
And so I just want to challenge you with that mentality today that we're not, we're not looking back to honor and celebrate just what we've accomplished and what God has done through the people of this church. But we're saying, you know what, it's what God has in store in front of us. So look at the vision statement of Journey Church here. It says, Journey Church exists to reach people who are disconnected from God and to lead them to become fully devoted followers of Christ. That's why we exist as a church. You know, I've often told people that whenever we felt like God was leading us here, Laurie and I, we literally took a map. It's one of those maps of the world where it's kind of like the world is unfolded. And we just said, God, we'll go anywhere, wherever you want us to go. And, and, and so we kind of put it up on the wall. We began to pray over it, and God began to open doors in different places. And I'll be honest with you, I would have never picked Montgomery, Alabama, this, this whole area. I wouldn't have picked it. I used to drive from Birmingham whenever I was going to school back to Mobile, and I was thinking, man, I don't ever want to live here. That was kind of my mentality. And, I, and you just don't ever tell God that. It's kind of like a joke. Like I said, he's got a great sense of humor. And, uh, but God led us here. We love this place. And we feel like, you know, that God wants to do great things here, and he wants to literally launch them from here to go to other places. And, and so whenever we, we look back at that, you know, I remember thinking there's churches everywhere here. God, is there, a, is there an unchurched group you want us to go after? God, is there, a, is there an area where there's a lot of lost people that you want us to go and reach? But God just kept kind of drilling it down. And, and even when I was talking to my physical therapist the other day, he was wanting to know, he goes, how did you know it was here? And I just shared with him some of those, those ways that God just kind of brought the dump truck load of confirmation, like, Mike, this is where it's going to be. And, and, and so the thing is, is we knew that, you know, God wanted to do something here. But I remember thinking there's churches on every street corner. I mean, they're everywhere. Why do they need another church? But let me look back at the statement one more time. Journey Church exists. We exist to reach people. It's in our DNA. We exist to reach people. We make no apology about that. From the very beginning, this has been our mentality, to reach people who are disconnected from God and to lead them to become faithfully, fully devoted followers of Christ. That's, that's our motivation. It's in the DNA of the church. And so we exist not to just do church, not to just go through the motions, not just so that you feel good about, hey, man, I went to church, I can scratch it off my list. But we exist to reach people who are far from God, those who are lost, those who have drifted off. We, we exist to reach the prodigal son, the prodigal daughter. We exist for that. And here's the thing is, not just to get them saved, not to see them go through the waters of baptism and not do anything else with them after that, but to help them become a fully devoted follower of Christ to where they are committed to the things of God. They're committed to the teachings of Christ. And you know what? They want to see other people reach with that same message. They want others to experience the freedom that they have discovered. They want others to experience what they have received. And, And so that's why we exist as a church. And so this is what we believe. It's a great statement. I think Rick Warren... Uh, it was the first one I saw ever put this in print, so I'll give him credit today. It says, we believe a great commitment, uh, a great commitment to the great commandment and the great commission will grow a great church. That's what we believe as a church. We believe that we have to be about the great commandment. We have to be about the great commission. We have to be about those things. So let's look at the great commandment. And, and here in Matthew 22, it says, teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? And Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, in all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. And the entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. So what, what Jesus pretty much said was, hey, you've got to love God, you've got to love people. You've got to love God, you've got to love people. And so look back at what he said about the greatest commandment, though. He says, this is the first and greatest commandment. He says, love, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and all of your mind. With all of your strength, with all of your energy, with all of your thoughts, with everything that you do. And so let me ask you, 
do you feel like you line up with that? Do you love God? Do you love to sing about Him? Do you love to think about Him? Do you love to read about Him? Do you love to share and talk about Him? Do you love Him? And, and so the thing is, is we're commanded literally, hey, to love God with everything that's in us, that that is our motivation. That we, we love Him, man. We love to talk about Him. We're not ashamed of Him. We're not embarrassed by Him. Man, we're not embarrassed by His teachings. We're not embarrassed by any of that. But we love Him. And man, we want to share Him with others. We want to see people experience that. And that's what Jesus said. Hey, listen. And you've got to love your neighbor. You've got to love those around you. Man, you've got to love them more than you love yourself. You've got to be willing to love them. So it's love God, love people. And then look at the Great Commission here. Jesus came and told his disciples, he said, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. And therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And so the Great Commission is about loving God and people enough to go in obedience. It's not about just sitting and hoping they show up here. Like, hey, let's do the holy huddle and hope that everybody comes here. But we've got to be willing to go out into the, the working world. We've got to be willing to go out into our schools. We've got to be willing to go out into our community and take this message of the gospel. And so for the accountant that's sitting in here, man, you, you go not just do numbers, man, but you go to impact lives and to share the good news. If you're a teacher, you're not just teaching kids, man. You're living out your faith in such a way that those kids will hopefully ask you one day, Miss such and such, why are you the way you are? Mr. such and such, why do you believe what you believe? And so we are to be on mission. Now, it doesn't mean that we literally have to be on a mission trip every week, you know, just by the title. But what we do, we are on mission. We live on mission. It should be part of our DNA as a believer that, you know, we want to see people come to know Christ. And so whenever we walk into a grocery store, we don't walk into Walmart and think about how weird people are dressed. They're there, there, I promise you. You know, but, it, but it's not just Walmart. There's other stores too. But anyway, uh, I was talking to somebody on the phone yesterday, and I saw someone, I was thinking, man, I cannot believe they're wearing that. And I couldn't even remember what I was talking about. I said, dude, I don't even remember what I was talking about. My train of thought just totally derailed. It hit a ditch. I said, because I cannot believe that somebody is walking around in that outfit today in public. You know, I mean, like, somebody does not love them enough. And I obviously didn't love enough to tell them either. I probably should have. But, uh, but I'm sitting there thinking, man, what in the world? But we've got to walk in and say, hey, you know what? It's a mission field. Walmart's a mission field. You know, hey, listen, the ballpark is a mission field. Your workplace is a mission field. We are to be on mission. So we are going. We're going. And as we're going, we're sharing life. As we're doing life, we're sharing life. As we're going, as we're going. Man, we're looking for opportunities to share the good news. We go to a restaurant. Man, it's just not good food. It's, it's a mission field. And we look for ways and opportunities. We go, we go to a gathering somewhere. Man, it's not just a meeting. It's a mission field. And so we believe as a church that if we have that mentality, a great commitment to the great commandment and the great commission will grow a great church. And here's the thing. That's all of us. There's power in all of us doing something together. There's power in all of us committing to something and say, hey, listen, we're all in. Imagine if we were to send this many missionaries. Look around. Look to your left. Just look over to your left and look at who's sitting there. Look over to your right. Look who's sitting there. Kind of look across the room. If you're on this side, look way over there. If you're on this side over here, look way over there. And just say, man, what if this many missionaries invaded our community every week, every day? I'm just telling you, man, lostness would be pushed back. Darkness 
would be pushed back. The kingdom would be expanded. Lives would be changed. Souls would be saved. If this many missionaries literally said, you know what, God, use me. Here am I, use me. Here am I, God, send me wherever it may be to be a light in this dark world. I'm telling you, it would change everything. And and so here's the thing is, love God and people enough to go in obedience, to share the good news. And, and, and there's a couple things I want us to talk about. When we talk about vision. When our vision isn't clear, it can be, be frustrating. Anybody agree with that? I know for me, I used to have better than uh, 2020 vision. I had like 2010 vision or whatever it was. And I could read the bottom line. I could just about tell you where it was made. You know, and, uh, and, and I remember uh, whoever was doing my eye exam would be like, dude, that, you've got amazing eyesight. And uh, they were like, have you ever thought about being a pilot? I said, no, no, not really. And, uh, but I had great eyesight. So I can remember whenever... Uh, Laurie asked me to thread a needle one day, and I'm like, all right, what's wrong, man? Hey, I can't focus on that. What's, what's going on here? And I couldn't get my eyes to focus up close, and I think I was about 42 years old or something like that, and I couldn't get the, and I'm like, man, I, I'm going to have to get something to be able to see this. Come here and hold this magnifying glass. Like, I felt like I was going blind, you know? And, and so I, I told Laurie, I said, man, I think I'm losing my eyesight, you know I mean? I think something bad wrong. And so we get to the doctor, and the doctor's like, well, you've got 20-20 vision. I was like, there's no way. And he said, well, you're past 40, there's a certain little muscle that gets fatigued and anything up close you're going to struggle to focus on. And so it was frustrating for me. And then it progressively got worse. You know, and what, I mean, I used to be able to see so well and now I can only see like everybody else. And I felt like I was going blind. And, and then it got to the point of where I was getting worse. I didn't have 20-20 vision anymore. And it was frustrating. And I remember thinking, you know, there's things I, want, I don't mind losing, but I do not want to lose my eyesight. And so every time I go to the eye doctor, you know, or anything, I say, hey, listen, would, uh, you know, would uh, this LASIK surgery, would that work? You know, and they're like, sorry, you're just getting old type deal. You know, and I'm like, thanks, appreciate it. But it is frustrating. Whenever we can't see like we used to could see, and things aren't clear, maybe they're fuzzy, you know, and you start squinting, and it's a little bit frustrating. You can't do what you used to could do. It's, it's, it's frustrating. And so... Not being able to see clearly, our, when our vision is not clear, it can be frustrating. Here's another thing. When our vision isn't clear, we can lose our way. We can lose our way. You ever got up in the middle of the night, you can't see real well, and uh, you think you're walking into the door to the bathroom, and you run into the door facing? You ever, that ever happened to you? Am I the only one? You know, I mean, it just there's things like that. And, and I feel like I have got our bedroom and everything down to a pattern, and then... Something will happen one night, or maybe I'm battling vertigo or something like that, and bam, you're like, all right, I thought I knew where that was at. You know, I can remember one day, there's a dark hallway right here, and, and, uh, and I try not to turn the light on if I ever go down that hallway, and it's right here just off the stage, but when you turn that light off in that hallway, dude, it is black, I mean, you can't see your hand in front of your face. And I remember, I was going through there, and I was trying to get down the hallway, and I was like, where in the world am I at, man? Just trying to find the other doorknob to go out the other side. And so whenever we can't see real well, we can lose our way. And if you've ever been lost or maybe out in the woods at night, it seems like everything looks the same. You know, and so we have to be careful that we can see well. And I think what happens is too often churches and, and, and I think oftentimes pastors can lose sight of what God's vision is. And that's why to me it's so, it's so often I go back and I read the vision statement of Journey Church and I go, Journey Church exists to reach people. Who are disconnected from God and lead them to become fully devoted followers of Christ. That's why we exist. And I have to remind myself that is what we are about. So th- there's times, I, you know, I, I tell our, our staff, hey guys, we have to cast a very clear and compelling vision. Because God is at work here. And there's no doubt that God is at work here. 
We see people go through our waters, uh, our baptism waters all the time. And man, I pray that we will never take that for granted. I feel like we do take our freedoms for granted. You know, we, we, we'll go through a Memorial Day weekend like this and all it really is about is about eating hamburgers and hot dogs when really we ought to take the moment just to remember the lives that were given for our freedom. So we take those things for granted. And I think at times as a church, we'll take for granted, you know, that people get saved nearly every week. Last, last Sunday... In our, in our second service, we had a lady give her life to Christ. Mother's Day, we had like four people put their faith in Christ for salvation. You know, and we take that for granted, I think. I think we get so used to hearing, hey, Mike, you, we, you hear Mike say, hey, listen, I, I see your hand. And there's people that put their faith in Christ around here all the time. And it's one of those things I pray that God never takes his hand off of us. That we will always see that. And we will do everything we can to lead people to that decision and to influence that. But I, I, I'm just telling you, I think sometimes we take it for granted. It says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do, and He will show you which path to take. There are times, man, we, we, our vision is not clear, and we, we end up getting on the wrong path. We end up going the wrong direction. And maybe for you in your life, you, you mean, you, you've got away from seeking God. You've got away from seeking His direction. And you're just kind of like, well, I'll do my own thing, and I'll just ask God to kind of you know, bless it as I go. But I'm just telling you, we have got to be willing to seek Him. Seek His face. But He says that He'll direct our path. And, and, and so if we're struggling with vision, if we're struggling with direction, man, spend time in God's Word. Spend time with Him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And we've got to trust God. We've got to trust God. You know what? There's going to be steps that we take. You know what? God, I don't know how you're going to do this. God, I don't, I don't know how you'll provide. I don't know how we will get there. I don't know how we will pay for it. But God, I trust you. And God, if you're leading us to do this, God, I know that you'll provide. He's the God of provision, right? And, and so we've got to be willing to trust God, move forward, seek His will in all you do. And so one of the things we do as a church and as leadership, we're always asking God, what is your will? What is your plan? So here's, here's some things that I think for all of us, what are some things that bring about clarity, some things that will kind of help us when we're looking for clarity? Maybe you're trying to figure out, hey, do I start this business? Hey, do I go on this mission trip? Hey, do I go to this school? Hey, do I, what, what do I do? And oftentimes we're asking, God, I, God, I need you to illuminate the path. And so there's times we need, we need some help with clarity. So here's some things that I feel like bring clarity. Light does. Light brings clarity sometimes. You know, you, you know, you can't see certain things and then you turn on a light and you go, oh, that's what it is. You know, if you ever in the darkness or maybe in the shadows of something, you see something and it scares you. And then you turn it on and it's, hey, oh, it's just a, it's a coat hanger. You know, it's, it's a jacket hanging on a, a whatever. You know, one of the funniest things, uh, Laurie probably killed me for this. Laurie was getting in her car one night. It's one of the funniest things of somebody scaring themselves. Laurie's getting in the car one night, so she got in her car and she reached up to adjust her mirror and she saw a hand in the mirror and it scared her to death. She screamed. It was her hand, you know. Once she realized what it was, she was okay, right? And so, uh, but anyway, it scared her to death. She thought somebody was reaching up to get her, but it was her hand. And so there's times we'll see things, we don't know what, exactly what they are, but light can illuminate those things, and it'll bring clarity. And so God's Word is one of the things that brings clarity to our lives. It brings clarity to our struggles. It brings clarity to our direction. It says, how sweet your words uh, taste to me. They're sweeter than honey. Your commandments give me understanding. No wonder I hate every false way of life. Your Word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. I have, I have promised it once, and I promise it again. I will obey your righteous regulations. What if we all made that decision today? 
God, I'm going to lean into your word. God, I'm going to lean into you to guide my path. And, and, and maybe many of you in the, in the room have promised, you know what, I'm going to start reading God's word. I've promised it once and I'll promise it again. But look at what he says. He says, I will obey your righteous regulations. Not I will just read them, but I will obey your word, God. I will obey your teachings. I will obey your precepts. I will obey your guidance. And God, here's the thing, I'm going to trust you. And so obedience is trusting God. And there's times that God leads us to do things that we, we literally just say, you know, God, I, I, I don't know if this is right. And he will illuminate that path. And he say, this is the direction I want you to go. This is how I want you to raise your kids. This is how I want you to treat your spouse. This is how I want you to talk to your friends. This is what I want you to say. And then we'll not be obedient in that area. So light, God's word, literally opens up and gives us clarity. Here's another thing. Great focus. Prayer is focusing on God. Great focus will give us clarity. You know, there's times, you know, and I don't know about you guys, but, you know, you can be sitting there. Does anybody in, in here ever kind of zone out? Like you're, you're watching something, but you just kind of zone out, and you're like a million miles away, and you couldn't even, if I were to ask you, hey, what just happened, you wouldn't be able to tell me. What did I just say? You wouldn't be able to say it because you have zoned out, you've checked out. And it's like you have lost focus on this conversation or what's going on in front of you, and you kind of zoned out. Some of y'all do it when I'm preaching. I know. I can tell by your faces. I mean, I see it all the time. You're like, like Patrick, you know. And so the thing is, is we zone out and we kind of lose it. But when we focus, and oftentimes somebody can say, hey, are you listening to me? Like, yeah, what would you say? You know, I mean, it's like, yeah, I'm zoned back in all of a sudden. And, and, and so focus helps us with clarity. There's times whenever, I, and, I, and I'll be honest, I'm guilty of it. There's times I've been in my office and somebody will be talking to me. And it's either Karen usually or either Laurie or something say, and they're like, have you heard anything I said? And I'm like, no, I was thinking about something else. I'm sorry. Say that again. And I'm just honest with them. Nope, I was not listening. I was zoned out. I was thinking about something else. And so I ask them. And so here's the thing. Whenever I focus on what they're saying, I hear it. But oftentimes I'm not focused on that. And so we're not focused on hearing from God a lot of times. Even in our prayers, we're not focused on hearing him. We're focused on him hearing from us. God, this is what I really need you to do. God, I really need some money. God, I really need a job. God, I really need this. We're focused on what we want Him to hear, but we're not focused on hearing from Him. But what if, what if in our prayer time, we, we said, God, I want to hear from you. God, I need direction. God, I, I, need, I need your comfort. I need your peace. God, I need you to speak to me. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. There are plans for good, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. What if we took the time in a day to just be still and listen for God's still, small voice? What if in our prayer time, instead of just like a Gatlin gun rolling off what we need, what if we ask, God, what do you need of me? God, what do you want me to do? God, what do you want me to give? God, what do you want me to give up? God, what do you want me to die to? It says this is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. That's in 1 John. It's talking about being where two or more pray about things and ask things and when there's a witness to something. And so I think it's important for us when we, we pray, man, we pray together and we ask God, God, give us focus. God, help us to focus on you. And 
God, help us to know what you want, what your desire is. Not our desires. You know, a lot of times I think we come in for worship. We want God to minister to us through the worship. Really, the worship is us ministering to him. We are just blessed because we have ministered to him. You know, a lot of times it's more about our wants, our needs. And so here's, here's four things we focus on here at Journey Church, and I just want to be clear about this. So four things that we try to uh, focus on to try to do really well here at Journey Church. We focus on worship, prayer, discipleship, life groups. That's kind of one and the same, and serving. Those are four things that we work, work at focusing on. And so we work to try to make sure that we have great worship environments. And it's not necessarily for you, but we want you to experience worship and being, you know, what it, what it feels like to be in the presence of a, of a body of believers that are worshiping one, the one true God. And so we, we really try to do things with excellence. It's one of our goals. We don't always hit it. We make mistakes. We mess up. You know, we, and we even cause distractions at times. But our goal is always to eliminate distractions so that our focus is on God. And our focus is on who He is. And our focus is on His truth. So that, that, that's our goal. And so, so we, we really try to focus on these things at worship, uh, journey. Worship and then prayer. We pray every week for your prayer request as a staff. We send it to our elders. We ask our elders to pray over that. We, 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 encourage, we encourage our people to be praying. And, and today when I get done, I'm telling you, I'm going to be asking you to pray for a lot of things. But we ask you to be praying for God to, to, to use us as a church. Every Sunday I, I sit right there or either upstairs and I pray for God's spirit to move in this room. For God to draw people unto himself. If there's anybody in here that does not know Christ, I pray that they will hear the gospel and respond. Every week that's my prayer. Last night, for whatever reason, I woke up about 1.30 and could not go back to sleep until probably about 3.30. And so I'm laying in the bed and it's one of those things where you go, all right, do I get up and go read? What do I do? But I just lay there and I began to pray. And man, I just prayed until I fell back asleep. But I was praying for the message today. I was praying for our church today. I was praying for people that I know are going through struggles. And so we want to be a people of prayer. And we said this in what we envisioned when we started the church. We want to be a people of prayer to where, you know, where praying is like breathing. Man, we are praying people. And we believe in the power of prayer. It's not something we have to kind of come together all the time. But, you know, here's the thing. As we are doing, as we are moving, we're praying. I've said this before. Whenever a, a parent is dropping a child off over here, you know, I want that teacher to be praying over that family whenever they walk through the doors. Now, we don't have to lay hands on them and all that kind of stuff. But I'm just saying, man, just pray for that mom and dad's mind to be freed up to hear the gospel or to hear encouragement or to hear a word from God and let that child find a place where, you know what, they can enjoy age-appropriate teaching. So prayer, here's another discipleship life groups. We believe that it's so important for you to be involved in life groups. This summer, we're doing life groups this summer because we want you to be involved and engaged. That's where you meet people and you connect with people and you grow in your faith. And so you're being discipled, you're being poured into. And it's so critical that we do that. And so that's why we push life groups. That's why we, we beg you. We do everything we can. We bribe you with food trying to get you to at least get involved in a life group because we know it is what's best for you. And then the last one there, serving. We believe that everybody in this room that is a believer has been given a spiritual gift to serve and help build up the body of Christ. And let me just say this. If you're not serving in some capacity here at the church, you're holding back God's mission. You might think, how could I hold back what God wants to do? Now, nobody can stop God, and I get that, but here's the thing. You're keeping it from being as as impactful and successful as it could be because God wants to use you. You might say, well, Mike, I don't have any spiritual gifts. That's baloney if you're a believer. I'm just telling you, you have been given a spiritual gift. It may be the gift of hospitality. It may be works. I mean, it could be craftsmanship. It could be all kinds of things. But use what you have been given 
for God's kingdom, to help build up the body of Christ so that more and more people are hearing the gospel and coming to Christ. And here's saying they're being encouraged, they're being discipled. Every one of us needs to be using our gifts. So if you're sitting in this room today and you're not serving in the, the body of Christ in some capacity, but yet you're a believer, I'm just telling you, you're holding back on God. And you're keeping what the church could be from being a reality. And if you're not serving, I'm just telling you, you're hurting our impact. It's kind of like having a team of players, you know, and, and everybody takes the court. And it's five on five on the court, and, and, and two of them decide, you know what, I'm not, I'm not playing. And they go and they sit down, and five have to play three. That's the way it often is in, in, in the church. You've got people who literally sit on the bench, you know, and they don't get involved, and they don't get engaged, and they're not in it for the win. And we've got to be willing to say, you know what, I need to be serving. And if you, maybe you need to hear that today. And so here, here's what I do want to say. We as a church want to be laser beam focused. We're not, trying to be, we're not trying to do everything that every other church in the community is doing. I want to be clear about that, and I've said that for 15 years. We're not trying to be your last church. We're Journey Church. And, and here's, here's what I would say. We are, you know, Journey Church has its own unique thumbprint. It has its own unique heartbeat, if you will. And we're not trying to do what every other church has done, not what, doing it, what every other church in the community is doing, but we do want to do these four things really well. And we want to reach people. We want to equip people. We want to disciple people. And here's the thing. If we disciple them, they will be serving. And, and so th- those are our focus. So we want to be laser being focused on those things. I want to be clear. Because you may say, hey, Pastor Mike, at our last, last church we did this. I mean, that's awesome. But we're not, not going to do that. You know, hey, that's, that doesn't line up with what we're trying to be. And there's often times that it gets into programs and stuff. We're not trying to be a program-driven church. We want to be a Jesus-driven church, gospel-driven church, Bible-driven church. We're not just trying to do every program that's out there. And we're not trying to offend anybody. We're just trying to be focused. You know, the one thing, like you go to some of these restaurants, whenever they start trying to do every kind of meal that's out there, their quality usually goes way down, right? But you go to a good steakhouse, they usually have a good steak. You go to, you know, whatever it might be, whenever people are more specialized, a lot of times, you know what, they're more effective, and they do a better job of those things. And, and so you might say, well, Mike, Paul said, hey, I've become all things to all men. That's connecting with them where they're at, but it doesn't mean watering down what you do. And so we've got to be willing to be laser, laser beam focused. So here's the thing, God's provision. Let's move back. This is the last two things here that help bring clarity. God's provision will often bring clarity. So God, good opportunities will require faith. God opportunities will require faith. So here's the thing. There are times that God will provide something, and, and, and it'll give clarity. You know what? This is God. And, and so it says some steps in life won't be revealed until we take the first step. And let me kind of give you an example of that. One, the room that you're sitting in here is an opportunity that God opened the door to. I had a guy that called me, and he said, hey, listen, uh, Pastor Mike, this is such and such, and uh, I wanted to just talk to you about coming and buying our facility. Because we had bought land. We were looking at building and uh, I said, uh, I said, well, we bought land, we're going to build. I said, so we're not really looking to buy a facility. He goes, I think you really need to come look at this building. He said, uh, you know, I think it would work well for what you guys are doing. He said, we're going to try to find something smaller. And I was like, okay. I said, we'll come look at it. I said, but uh, we're, we're planning on building. He goes, you really don't want to build. <laughs> he said, man, it's, it's a pain in the butt to build. You really don't want to do that. And I'm like, we'll come talk. We'll come talk. So we took our staff. We came here. We walked this building. We looked at it. And we were like, you know what? It's got some good bones. But you know what? There's a lot of things that would have to change. For it to kind of fit who we are. And so we went back. We prayed about it as a staff. We talked about it. We talked to the elders. We got together. We prayed about it. And we said, hey, you know what? Not right now. And so two weeks later, the pastor called me back and said, hey, listen, would you be open to merging? And I said immediately, no. Because <laughs> I didn't know what kind of junk they had going on. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I didn't know enough about them. I was just straight up said, no, I'm not interested. 
And he goes, are you sure? I said, well, that's my knee-jerk reaction. I said, but I will tell you this. We will pray about it. I said, we will pray about it, and we'll ask God to kind of give us some clarity. But my knee-jerk reaction was no, no way. I'd always been told, you know, purge the urge to merge. That's what I was told, you know. And so, so anyway, we said, all right, we'll give it a shot. So we started praying about it. We fasted for 21 days. And the more that we talked, the more that we realized it was a God opportunity. Because here, here's the incredible thing about this. This is kind of God math for you guys that don't know some of you guys that are new to the church. Us building, we were going to have to raise about $1.4 million to be able to just get a down payment to be able to build the facility that we needed to build. It was about $6 million. That was about 30,000 square feet. This is 50,000 square feet on 13 acres. And so as we began to pray about that, we said, you know what, you know, and I, I always said, I'm not good at raising money. That's not my gift. I'm not one of those guys that can go out and preach one time and everybody starts giving everything they got. That's just not me. You know, and so anyway, I, I just said at the beginning of that year, I said, God, it's your church. And you know that we've outgrown our facilities and God, you know that we need a bigger space. God, I trust you to provide. I said, but I don't do good at raising money. And, and literally, God began to work it out. And for what we would have paid for a down payment is what we ended up getting into this building. Down payment, literally just the 20%, just to be able to start the, the, uh, the, uh, the building of a new facility. So I'm just telling you all, we all looked at it. We began to pray through it. We came together as a church. We voted on April Fool's Day to merge. Isn't that funny? And, uh, and so anyway, we became, became one, one body of believers. And so God has blessed that. And so that was an opportunity. So a lot of times God gives clarity through provision, God's provision. It says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So God gives, he blesses. And I could go back through the life of Journey Church, and one day I will. Maybe I'll write a book one day about what God has done to provide over and over and over and over again. But every time it takes faith. Every time it takes faith. It says, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Hebrews eleven six. And then here's this last one that gives, that gives clarity. God's timing. God's timing is perfect. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Let me just tell you this. You know, we, we've had some opportunities through the years where some other churches would come to us and say, Hey, listen, you know, we're down to like six people. We're down to, you know, just a handful of people. Would you consider, you know, maybe... Uh, you know, letting us be a campus or letting us be a part of what Journey Church is doing. I'm like, yeah, we're, we're open to that. But oftentimes they wouldn't want to kind of give up control. They kind of just wanted us to kind of help them out. But oftentimes we would, just, you would say, let's pray about it. And God would shut the doors. And maybe here's the thing. We're just saying, you know, maybe it's just not the right time. But we're going to wait on God. And, and so we literally, there have been times whenever we've had to say, you know, God, you know, we're ready. God's like, hey, it's not the right time. And maybe some of you guys are like that, you know, you're, you're wanting to do something, God says, hey, it's not, not time yet, wait, wait on me. And so whenever we're still in the presence of God, and we just say, God, I'm waiting on you. So let me, let me share a couple of things with you. You know, I think back again, these are some things, what, what our leaders see in the day ahead. So this is something I want to share with you guys, and, and I was asking earlier, you know, today I'm sharing this with the church, but you, you guys know this, you know, most of our church members, listen to this, only attend about once I mean, about twice a month. So about every other week, they're here. So some of what I'm about to share, I need to be able to get in front of the whole church, so I don't know how I'm going to do that. So maybe if you guys could share the message today, that would help. You know, say, hey, listen, this is what we're, we feel like God is leading our church to do and be a part of. And let me just say this on the front end. There's two things that are in the DNA of our church that will not change. And one is that we, we want to be about planting churches. We are a church plant that's 15 years old. 
And so like Pastor Dwayne, who we uh, met the other day, we're investing in him. We're trying to help them. He's planted a church. We will always do that. I think about Chris and Kim Baker, who are out in Montana, that we have supported, we have invested in, because they're planting a church that's reaching the unchurched, the unsaved. I think about Eric you know, uh, Jackson, who's down in Greenville, who we invested in. And we will continue to invest in church plants because we believe in uh, that it takes new churches reaching new people. And so that's part of our DNA. We will be a part of missions. You know, we, we had a, a team that went to uh, Zimbabwe just uh, last month. They went to Zimbabwe and served with uh, Ken Gallion with uh, Call to Africa. And then you know, last uh, November, I was in South Africa training and equipping pastors there at uh, Call to Africa. In August, we have a team that is going to Brazil, and they will literally go and build a facility. And, and so we want to be a missions-minded church, but we want to be a church planning church as well. And, and, and so we want to invest in it. So here's what our leadership sees in the days ahead. It's number one, God has made it clear that we need to go multi-site. And a lot of people have pushback on that, but here's the thing. Is we feel like, you know what, this is something we have talked about for about four or five years, and we almost feel like that, you know what, instead of us waiting on God's timing, we, we have been reluctant to do that. Uh, you know, you guys can look around. There's dementia chairs in here now. You might think, why would we do that? Because there's other lost people in the community that we feel like that God has given us an opportunity to reach and a heart to reach. Now, you know, one of the things that we feel clear that God has made is that we will go multi-site. So what we, we feel led to do is over the next three to five years that we will plant two campuses somewhere in the river region. We just don't know where yet. And so I think back to... Whenever we started Journey Church, I remember saying, God, you know, I'm willing to plant a church. God, I just don't know where. God, when will you tell me where? And so that's where we are as leadership. We're saying, God, we feel like it's time for us to, you know, to, to go multi-site, to offer some other opportunities. But God, where? And, and like I told you, we've had churches come to us. We had a church in Alex City that, uh, I mean, not in, uh, in Alex City, but in Phoenix City, that they came to us. They were down to six people. And they were willing to literally just give us the facilities. And so we met with them. We talked to them, but it wasn't God's timing. You know, and it just didn't happen. We, we've met with people in other parts of our city who are like, you know what, man, we're down to this many people. It is dying on the vine. And, uh, you know, and, but, you know, we have to say, you know, hey, is it the right place, the right fit for journey? And, uh, and so it's, that's where we are. So we feel like God has made it clear to our leadership, that's our elders and, and our staff, that we will go multi-site over the next uh, three to five years. We will plant two campuses. Now, here's the thing. We want you guys praying about where that will be. And maybe you guys know somebody who said, you know what, I know a, a great location. We'll talk about it. But our thing is we just want to seek God. We want to ask God, God, reveal to us where that's going to be. And so that's, that's, that's one thing that we have going. Here's another thing. We know that there are other times we need to offer a service to reach those who aren't being reached. We, we know there are other times. So right now we offer two services on Sunday, 9 and 1045. And so our question is, you know, do we need to offer another service at another time? You know, maybe we don't need a third service on Sunday morning. Maybe we need to offer something on Sunday night that reaches people that have to work on Sunday morning. Maybe we offer something on Monday night. And, and again, we're just trying to figure out, how, you know, God, how can we reach people that we're not reaching now? Because why do we exist? To reach people who are far from God. So why do we exist? Not to make everybody comfortable, not to make things convenient, but to be on mission. And so our question, you know, is God, you know, what is the best possible time? And maybe you guys can give some feedback on that. You know people that, you know what, they can never make it on Sunday morning, but they could come at whatever time. And our thing is, is we're willing to do that. I tell people all the time, do you think I want to teach the same message a third time? No. But, hey, if God wants me to do that and it's going to help reach people, then I'm willing to do that. 
You know, so we've got to be willing to say, God, what do you want to do? And again, we're, we're wanting to hear from God. We're asking him to, to show us that it's not about our convenience, it's about our effectiveness. So how do we reach more people with the message of the gospel? And how do we connect with more people? So here's another one. We have to do a better job of making disciples. We know that we baptize a lot of people here, but let me tell you, we don't always see the follow-through in that personal walk. And so one of the things that we're, we're working on is, is investing in mentoring. You saw it earlier, we're talking about Forge, where men, you know, men are investing in men, women are investing in women, and they're mentoring them. And we want you to be a part of that. We're asking you, because hey, oftentimes we make excuses like, I don't know what to do spiritually. All right, well then put yourself in a situation to learn how to walk spiritually or to grow in that area. It's like you said, well, you know, I don't know how to weld. Well, then take a welding class, right? I, I don't know how to sew. Then take a sewing class. All right, well, then you might say, well, I don't know how to walk with Christ. I don't know how to disciple anybody. Then become a disciple that someone is pouring into so that one day you can be a disciple maker. So don't make excuses. Get involved. Get engaged. And so we know as a church we've got to do a better job of making disciples if we really want to reach the community and make a difference. Here's another. We have to do a better job of equipping people to share their faith. Too many times do I hear people say here at Journey Church that are members that they don't know how to share their faith. I've, you know, I've challenged you to, hey, get with somebody that will teach you. I've told you to get with the staff. So what we want to do is we want to provide some opportunities where you can learn how to share your faith in a conversation with somebody. You're sitting at Starbucks. You get in a conversation with somebody. We want to equip you so that you know how to share the good news of Christ with somebody. You're at the, you're at the, uh, the checkout. You're, you're able to share with somebody how to share, how to, you're able to share with them how they can put their faith in Christ. And here's another. We believe we can impact more families by adding on to the children's department. Next door, we just, you know, remodeled the downstairs children's area, but we really would like to add on to the building itself, and that's going to take resources. That's going to take some planning. So we've had a, a site engineer that we've been in contact with. We've been meeting with a couple of companies just to figure out how do we add a gym over here that would make it maybe more impactful for our children's ministry and our student ministry, and then some multi-purpose type rooms where we could do some things in there and some worship environments that would be awesome for our children's ministry. And so th- what we're looking at doing is adding on facility-wise over there. And that's going to take everybody, you know, doing their part in that. So those are some things we feel like we can do. We have a ministry that meets, and I don't know if all of you guys know this, Monday through Friday, we have tons of parents that bring their kids here Monday through Friday while they go to work that we literally get to minister to their kids. And by adding more space, you add more uh, families that you have contact with and impact in their lives. And so that's something that we feel like God has put on our heart is to add on to that. So we've been meeting uh, with... Uh, with builders, we've been meeting with people trying to get bids and quotes together and just trying to figure out what's the best way to make it work. And then here's this last one. We know it will take everyone doing their part to have the greatest impact. It's going, we know that. You guys know that. You know, this past week, we sent out our, our giving statements. And our giving statements go out, and it's just kind of let you know a little bit of what's going on. But it's all, and it's not to shame you or to embarrass you, and I said that in the letter, but it is to let you know, hey, you know what, what God is doing here. And, and, and let me just say this. It takes all of us doing our part. You know, that, when we return God's tithe, this is not ours to keep. When we return God's tithe, we're able to do things like we've talked about. We're able to plant campuses that will reach and preach the gospel. They will reach people that are lost. You know, we're able to do things uh, like support Pastor Dwayne and Pastor Kim and uh, Pastor uh, Chris and those guys out there in Montana. We're able to do those things whenever we tithe. And we're able to, you know, do things that we, we, we just can't do when there's only a fraction of us doing it. But if all of us come together, man, there's great impact. And so here's some, some last steps here. We're done. Next step today for me is, number one, pray for God's will for Journey Church every day. I'm asking every one of you, 
Pray for God's will for this church. Pray for God to open doors. Pray for God to show us where we're going to plant these other sites. And we're not trying to do that because, hey, that's what other churches do. We're just trying to do it to reach people. And so I want to ask you, pray every day for God's will for this church and that God will direct our leadership. Pray for God's blessings and favor. That, man, that God will open doors that we can't open. And that God will provide. He always has. And pray that we'll have the courage to step out on faith. And then the second thing, pray for God to open doors and for us to be willing to take that step. To take that step. Because there's times, it's scary. There's t- I remember moving into this building. I remember looking at what it would take every week, for the, for every month for the note. And I remember thinking, hey guys, it's going to take faith. It's going to take us reaching people. It's going to take people being you know, uh, obedient to return God's tithe. It's going to take it all. And God has provided and we've been able to do some great things in this facility, in this, in this tool that he's blessed us with. And then the last one says, do your part by serving, praying, tithing, and giving. See, tithing and giving, two different things. Tithe is God's. It's not yours. You're keeping that. You're robbing God. But giving is anything you do above and beyond that. But also by serving. You know, there's always needs here for people to be greeters and to be ushers. And, to, you know, uh, we just had someone on our, our TV team upstairs, you know, that works with the cameras. He got a job in Mobile. He's going to be moving away. It needs to be replaced. You know, somebody else needs to step up, step in. There's always somebody around here that, you know, is military that's moving away. We have some great families. We've got a family right here that's been teaching our children's there. It's going to be moving to D.C. Man, we, we want, we got to, somebody's got to step up and take their spot. Next man up, next person up. And not just sitting there saying, boy, I hope somebody does it. Why don't you find out if that's where you need to be serving? And so the thing is, is we've got to be willing to say, you know what, it's all of us together. There's power there's power when we come together as one. When there's unity and there's vision. And I'm just telling you, God wants to do great things in our church. And He wants to do even greater things in the days ahead. But we've got to be faithful. We've got to be obedient. And we want to be a church that does not neglect the Word of God or the teaching of God's Word. But we proclaim it boldly. And we offer a chance for someone to respond to the gospel every chance we can. Let's pray. There may be somebody in this room today that's never heard the gospel. Never put their faith in Christ. Man, I want to give you that opportunity to respond. Maybe today for the very first time, you realize, you know what, man, my life needs focus Jesus loved me enough he believed in the vision of the church that he was willing to leave heaven and literally come here fight and die so that we might live and he did that so that you might live he went to the cross and he died for your he he literally died on the cross for your sins your mistakes and he offers to you forgiveness if you'll put your faith in what he's done so if you're here today and you've never placed your faith in Christ, I want to give you that opportunity. Just say, Jesus, I want to ask you to come into my heart. I want you to be the leader and the Lord of my life. And Jesus, I want to ask you, if you will, will you save me? And if you believe that with all the faith that's in you, the Bible says you will be saved. Too often we want to try to add to that, but that's the gospel. It's simple enough that a child can put their faith in Christ. And if that's your decision today, man, we want to know about it. We want to celebrate it. As you have heard me say all day, that's why we exist, is to reach people who are far from God. 
and then develop them, help them grow to become faithful followers of Christ, to lead them to that point. But I also want to speak to the rest of the church. If you made that decision, share with, that, share with us that today. But I want to speak to the rest of the body in this room just for a second. Are you serving? Are you mentoring someone or are you being mentored? See, that, that lines up with Jesus' teaching. Are you tithing? That lines up with Jesus' teaching. You might say, well, Mike, that's Old Testament. It, no, Jesus commended it. He said, yes, you should tithe. But, man, don't, don't get focused just on tithing. There's so much more. And so too often what we do, Satan loves to get us focused on the tithe. And he disables us. He shames us. You know, or, or, he, or we feel like we're disqualified because we're not doing that. But I'm just telling you, God still wants to use you. He wants to work in you and through you. So don't get so focused on the tithe, but get focused on God. Seek Him first. Seek Him and His, His purposes and His plans. Seek His will. God wants to do great things in our church and through our church. He's already doing it. But I believe He wants to multiply it. And we've got to be willing to step up and do our part. Father, I thank You for meeting with us today. God, I thank you for your love for us. I thank you for the freedom that has been purchased with the blood of so many here in this nation. God, I also thank you for the freedom that was purchased by, by your blood. God, that we might have eternal life. God, I pray if there's anybody in this room that puts their faith in you today, God, they would share that with us through a card. Maybe they would indicate on one of these cards. They'd have the courage to do that. That we might be able to share with them the next steps. And God, maybe one day in the days ahead, we would see them go through the waters of baptism. Father, thank you for loving us. And thank you for trusting us with your message. In Jesus' name.